Right now, though, we're going to talk about a story that uh, a lot of people have been talking about this week. Um, it's spurred primarily by Simone Biles, but there are other examples. Um, you know, athletes have always been taught to, you know, work hard, shake off the distractions, focus, get the job done, play through the pain, do the job. It's been changing in recent years, though, and we've seen it at a number of different major events. I'm thinking of tennis events. I know there's been some, and we saw it at the Olympics a couple of times. Growing recognition that mental health is just as big a factor in performance as physical health can be. You know, if if Simone Biles broke her foot, right, in that trial, and then decided she couldn't continue with the team finals on Tuesday or the individual finals on Thursday, nobody would be questioning her. Nobody would be saying anything about it. But she just said, I'm not in the right headspace. Mentally, I wasn't where I needed to be. Now, all kinds of second guessers come out and say, oh, come on, you need to be able to compete. You need to be able to... A lot of people also offering her a lot of support and, and, you know, applauding her for standing up and saying, mentally, I just wasn't ready. But it's really changed the conversation. And I think we're nearing a tipping point where we're starting to get rid of mental and physical when we talk about health. We're just going to talk about a person's health. I hope. I hope that's where this leads us. Let's have the discussion, though. We're going to chat now with Courtney Cox, who is an assistant professor of Indigenous Race and Ethnic Studies at the University of Oregon. Courtney, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Now, this discussion and this recognition of mental health, really it has moved forward, you know, by leaps and bounds over the past couple of years. It seems like, you know, we're, we're talking about it a lot more, and it's some pretty high-profile athletes that are leading this conversation. Do you think that we're getting to a point where things might change around the way we see this? You know, I think it speaks a lot to our broader kind of understandings of our health as it kind of has to do with our, our own relationship to labor, you know? And so... I think that these high-profile situations, right, Naomi Osaka is a great example. We can talk about Simone Biles. But when we think about our own relationship to our, our labor and when we decide to call in sick and when we know we're not at our best, I think there's something about seeing this with very young athletes on these international stages that really gives us pause as to how we think, like you said, about this mental health, this mind-body dualism that we might need to address in terms of just thinking broadly about our health and when we're at our best and when we can safely and fully be present at our jobs in the various everyday things that, that we maneuver through. So I think that there, this tipping point is happening in a particular way, and there is, as you mentioned, the inevitable backlash, the resistance to this kind of shift in our logic of not playing while injured. Yeah, exactly. And sort of recognizing just how important it is. And we can't overlook either here, Courtney, that it seems to be women that are leading this discussion. And, and not surprisingly, I think they're, they're just better equipped, you know, to, to recognize this kind of a situation than men are. Uh, they're just more advanced in that way. Um, but, but it really is the women that are taking the forefront on this discussion. Absolutely. And and I want to maybe even signal like how the sport specificity factors in here when we talk about something like gymnastics. And so, you know, what we might call, you know, as Simone is also doing additional emotional labor that women also frequently do in terms of explaining everything that's happening with her, giving us more than, than we're really owed, right, mm-hmm. as fans, as spectators. And so when she's explaining the twisties, which are very gymnastics, specific version of the yips, which is probably more broadly understood, right? Um, you've pitched a million times, and then there's just one time where right. you've completely lost the mechanics, right? You can't shoot a free throw anymore. And so people understand the yips more broadly as kind of this glitch that's happening in your brain, something that you've done so many times that should be muscle memory. But when we talk about the velocity and the height oh. of gymnastics, 
I mean, the, the, the danger of losing control of your body as it's spinning and you have no idea where you are and you lose that control, it, it can be deadly, right? So that relationship between our brains and, our, and, and the rest of our physical bodies becomes so crucial in that sport, right? So there's a way that, yes, absolutely, specific sports and, and, and girls and women are leading the front in a lot of these, but I think also gymnastics, there's a very specific thing that's going on mentally that um, is really disheartening to, to hear people kind of critique her and say she should have pushed through when yeah. on the other side, if she had and she had injured herself or, or you know, been unfortunately, you know, like if something worse had happened, right? Um, there would be like, well, she should have known. She should have listened to her body and known to stop, right? So you're kind of in one way damned if you do, damned if you don't in these spaces, which is really, really frustrating. Yeah, and you're right. And you, I mean, what she does, if you are not 100% focused and, and on top of your game, you're right. The danger is through the roof uh, with the velocity, the height, the, the power that she's, she's you know, involving there. And I think you mentioned something else that I think is important. When we're talking about Olympic athletes, like you said, you know, you throw in a million pitches and one goes wide. Um, when you're talking about Olympic athletes, they often spend their entire lives you know, years and years and years focused on one very, very brief instant, one moment in time. If you're an athlete who goes out and has a bad game, well, there's another game tomorrow. If you lose a Stanley Cup final, well, there's another Stanley Cup final next year. Um, This is all comes down to this one moment in time. The pressure that that increases has to be astronomical. And you're 24, by the way. You're doing this all, like the height (laughs) of your career. is. Some of them are like 13, 14 years old. Yeah, yeah, and you've built this entire career. There's, this is a, a long career in this sport, right? Um, and you are the best to ever do it. Yeah. And so to understand the pressure it, might, it, it must have taken, the courage it must have taken to step away when there's so many pressures. Like you said, you only get this opportunity every four years. Yeah, that's it. And, yeah, I mean, I think for it, it, it's inspiring in so many ways, frustrating, um, for sure, right? You want to you want to see her be able to do her her best, right? So you there's both this this empathy about having to walk away, right? And then there's also um, this for me a, a bit of pride of of being able to do so and doing so on your own terms, knowing there's all this internal and external pressure. This isn't something that she took lightly. This not a decision that was easy, I'm sure. Um, and many of us are are called to make those decisions that are best for our health, maybe the health of our loved ones, all the time, right? And we don't have to do it in front of millions and millions of people on the biggest stage of what we do. And so I think when we take away the headlines and just think about the humanity of these folks, it it is staggering to think about how big of a decision this is, like you said, versus just, I'm out of sync, I'm going to talk to a sports psychologist and figure out how to get my jump shot back, you know, like exactly. very, very different. And, and you know what, we are seeing more discussions around this too, right? I know a lot of like the Canadian Olympic organization has a lot of, you know, they, they have psychologists there with the team. Like mental health is now a component of your training. That's changed recently. We're putting more of a focus on it. Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing that even, you know, in the U.S., when we think about even college sports, right, we're seeing how the inclusion of not only sports psychologists, but you know, teams will include yoga, meditation. Mm-hmm. There's a very holistic way that some folks are thinking about this. But I think that, you know, where we are in this current moment, I think also speaks to the, the fact that pandemic has taken a collective toll, right? So when yeah. we think about someone like Simone Biles, 
it's not just about like the technique and the form. It's about being the lone survivor of a massive sexual abuse yes. scandal on the team. It's about being in pandemic and not having the fans, not having all of your friends and family the way that you usually would be. There's just an in- immense mental toll on all of the athletes. We think about Olympians right now that have all converged in this one place from around the world in the midst of a global pandemic, right? And so all of us on some front, right, we haven't had this moment to collectively process because we're still in it. I think this moment that we're having, this tipping point, is maybe in part brought on by the fact that it is impossible to ignore in the current moment that we're all occupying. It might have been something we could push back a little bit but we're now at the moment where it is it has become impossible to do so because it is all around us all the time yeah and uh you know as we continue this i expect we'll see more of this right we'll see more athletes um we know there's all kinds of stories of athletes who have suffered with all kinds of issues throughout the course of their career um that will take time and step away and treat it the way they would any other injury i think it's becoming more um acceptable and more part of sport. Do you think we'll see more and more of this? I think so. I think folks will understand the risks involved, right? Like you said, there's plenty of support that we've seen for Simone, but I think in the same way, there's plenty of of, of folks that have been reacting and saying that she's, you know, quote unquote soft or this is weak, right? And as we mentioned, like the strength that it, not only the strength that it takes to, to do so, but also just the sheer strength that she has as an athlete. I've heard so many folks talk about how in watching her in practice, like if she wasn't such a strong athlete, she would have already injured herself. Um, and so I think that, that we will see more of that. And athletes will say, I know that there's a risk here, but I know that it, the, the, the risk benefit analysis, you know, I think that there's going to be more and more of those conversations and more, I think this opens the door for more folks. When you say this is the yeah. best athlete in their sport, right? Maybe, you know, me, I'm a backup, but, but I know that I'm not, at 100%. And we've seen hockey players, basketball players, there's been so many other folks that have started to really speak out in a way that even five years ago would have been way, way less prevalent. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Great discussion. Thank you, Courtney. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Have a great day. That is Courtney Cox. Yeah, that's really your name. Courtney Cox, an assistant professor of Indigenous Race and Ethnic Studies at the University of Oregon.